Hello and welcome back to another episode of Shanti. I am your hostess, Shanti Pacheco. Welcome back. We are getting right back into another episode for today. Today is Bell Let's Talk Day and I did... I literally just said in the episode I released a couple of days ago, or rather yesterday, um, that I would like to get a Bell Let's Talk episode out before Bell Let's Talk, and I didn't even freaking realize that it was going to be the very next day, so maybe I should have waited, um, but I would still like to get this episode out for the time being, because this is when I wanted to say this episode and tell this story, so it was for this time. So I'm just going to get right into it. Before we start the story for today, it is going to be a lot different in comparison to what I have been putting out. Um, it's not going to be your your straight comedy um, story, unfortunately. This story is going to get a little bit more into my background and um, who I am, I guess, as a person. Um, if you don't follow me on Snapchat, if you don't have me on Snapchat and you're not in the shanty Snapchat story, um, from time to time I'll post like some screenshots of conversations that I'll have or screenshots of like uh, interactions that I have, if you will. Um, and I always put like a little tidbit at the bottom, like, you know, my bio dad or, you know, my stepdad. And then I get people like, what are you, what, what, what do you mean? What are you talking about? Your bio dad, your stepdad, like, especially for the people who have known me since like X amount of years and they've known my stepdad to be my dad, dad, it definitely throws them for a whirl. So today's episode is going to touch bases on that as well as, um, we are going to discuss, um, touchy subjects such as, you know, child abuse and child sexual abuse so I do want to give that forewarning to people before they do continue with this um, episode you know if you need to pause and come back to it for a later time this might not be you know you're on your way to work type of episode so I just kind of want to give that little little warning right at the beginning before we get into it um, yeah so I guess I'm just kind of get get into it if you if you've known me for x amount of years um, you've known that I've, I've moved from city to city. I started off in Mississauga. Actually, I started off in Etobicoke, um, then moved to Mississauga, then moved to Oshawa, then moved to Bowmanville, moved to Peterborough for a little bit, then back to Bowmanville, but here I am. Um, within, you know, me moving from Etobicoke, Mississauga, Oshawa to Bowmanville, the family, I was living with my family still, um, in the family that I, I grew up when it, it it's not your your typical ideal standard family of happiness. You know, and I get it that not all families, you know, there's a story behind the white picket fence, but there sure shit a fucking story behind um our ruggedy ghetto gated fence. <laughs> so um yeah, let's I guess start it all the way back from when I was a child. <laughs> My mother, my mother had me very young. She did have me very young. She had me at age, I think, 18, 19. Um, she's just 40 now. So you do the math there. I'm turning 23 this year. So again, you do the math there. Um, she had me from a very young age. And um, she had met my stepfather at the time. And I'm just going to refer to him as my stepdad versus bio dad, just so that I don't create any confusion. I may go back and forth and say that my stepdad and refer him to as dad, just because that's what I knew for 17 fucking years. So I'm just going to just, you know, clear the air. Um, yeah. So my, my, my mom, she met my stepdad, you know, fuck, I don't know, 18 years ago now, maybe 20 years ago now, she met him. And, um, 
No, I'm lying. I'm 23 years old. What the fuck? She she would have met him like 23 fucking years ago. But regardless, um, she had me and I guess she split from my bio dad. She, him and her just weren't get getting it you know um he had his his vices and she had hers so they just weren't good for each other in a sense of you know a relationship with each other but they did have a kid together which was me um so they did whatever they could to you know i guess the both of us um see for them for, for them to both see me right um so one of my earliest memories and it probably carried on with me for years. I, I remember it like it fucking happened yesterday. But when I was younger, I obviously had absolutely no idea that this guy was my bio dad, right? Like looking back at it now. And when I had told this story to my mom and she broke it down for me, she's like, this is what happened. So for my little brain, my little memory, what I remember was being in this apartment complex with my babysitter who I thought like was my babysitter. He was a male, but you know, didn't think twice about it. He was my babysitter. And um, I remember being on like, fuck, it might have been like the 17th floor. Like we were on one of the, the, the highest floors of the apartment complex. And I remember, I remember going out to the balcony with my quote unquote babysitter. And I remember looking down and seeing my stepdad at the very, very bottom. And I remember he was wearing a yellow t-shirt that had a smiley face on it and green teal shorts. I will literally never forget it. And I must have been like maybe five, six, but I will literally never forget it. And I remember him standing at the very, very bottom, like at the very bottom, looking up with his arms like fucking open, like, give her to us. Like, what are you doing? Give her to us. And I'm thinking like, I don't want to leave my babysitter's house. I remember crying being like, I don't want to leave. I don't want to leave. Like, I'd rather stay here. And like, you know, my stepdad, especially in my younger years, he was a fucking dipshit. So I definitely didn't want to fucking leave. And I remember I remember police being involved, but that was literally all that I can remember. And when I asked my mom about that story, she like broke down into tears and she was just like, yeah, so that, that, that wasn't your babysitter. That was your bio dad. And I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> what she's like yeah that was your bio dad like he was like we gave him to you for like you know babysitting for a bit and like we had this whole routine like situated and figured out and then like when it was time for me to come and pick you up like he wasn't giving you back because we had also caught him for like drug dealing da 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 and I was like what the fuck like what the fuck and so like she was like she obviously didn't want me around that stuff what she said and so that's why they were trying to take me back <clears throat> Well, it ended up being a whole court battle thing. Um, my mom did get a restraining order on him to not get in contact with me until I was at least, I think, 18 years old. So he was said to stay away from me because he had put me in harm's way. Another very, very, very important fact I forgot to leave out. I obviously don't remember this because I was five, six fucking years old. But from the story that my mom told me, the whole reason as to why he really got that fucking you know, restraining order was because apparently he dangled me over the balcony and was like, come get her. So like, that's cool. That's, that's cool. Um, so that's restraining order for, for that. Right. So that was when, again, when I was five, six years old, I have absolutely no recollection as to what happened past that time. Because again, I thought he was my babysitter. Didn't think anything else passed of it. Again, five, six years old. I got other things on the go. Plus, I was a busy child, right? Moving from Etobicoke to Mississauga to fucking Oshawa. There's always something on the fucking go. So <clears throat> we live in uh, Mississauga now, and I probably lived there for a good 
10 years. I want to say 10 years I lived there for. And um, <clears throat> it was it was hell. I mean, we were broke, you know, like we lived in an apartment in Mississauga that had, you know, if you lived on the, I think, 10th floor and up, you had an infestation of red ants. And if you lived on the sixth, sixth floor and below, you had an infestation of like fucking cockroaches. So that was the scene that we were dealing with there. And. It's unfortunate, but one of my earliest memories from when I was a child um, is of my stepdad. And um, again, we're, we're going to start talking about some things that might be uncomfortable for people. But I remember <clears throat> when being younger and, um, you know, going through certain things that seemed off to me, you know, um, like, for example, if I were to have a shower I'm getting inspected to see if I showered properly, you know, stuff like that that didn't really make sense to me at the time. But I didn't really think too much of it because I'm like, oh, yeah, like I'm eight years old. Maybe I didn't know how to fucking shower properly. Getting a parent to fucking show me how to make sure I wash behind my ears or some shit. Like, I don't fucking know. But as I progressively got older, it was like I noticed these things, these things start to happen a little bit more and started to, I don't know, gain immature conscious and like I said, realized these things were not right. And unfortunately, it wasn't just um, my stepdad at the time that was, you know, doing inappropriate things. I also had my grandmother and my uncle, which at the time he might have been 12, 13. My grandmother was a whore. She has five kids and each kid has a different daddy. So just putting that out there, too, just so you understand my whole basis of life. Um they had also lived in the same apartment um, building as we did. I can't remember. I think they lived on the sixth floor and we had lived on the 16th. So from time to time, either we would go down or they would come up. You know, they would come up to either she would like grandma and uncle would come up to like babysit us and he would like play with us because he was younger in age. And, you know, um, <clears throat> but, you know, him too. Same thing when I, I remember being younger and, you know, playing doctor and, you know, certain things just not feeling right or how they should be um it, it just was tough but like again like, like I said I was a kid and I didn't really know who to talk to and how to go about things because I mean my home life wasn't really something when I was younger especially it wasn't really like uh, I don't know open arms if you will like if I were to come forward with this, you know, situation, it would just blow up into smithereens and my father-in-law might start fucking breaking shirt or may maybe even kill us. Like, I don't fucking know. That guy was absolutely in insane in the fucking membrane. Like, having nights where I would sleep and my we were broke, right? So I would share a room with my sister. We shared the same room and my brother as well. And I just remember the nights of my parents fighting and, like, him throwing fucking picture frames down the hall and it just shattering outside of our room and you know the blood curdling screams of my mom yelling at him being like you know get the fuck away from me and him just being absolutely psychotic and you know pulling a knife on her that that all that shit has has happened and has fully happened and then yeah you just have to go to school the next day as if everything's fucking fine and then you have to fucking make your family tree and all this bullshit like it's just Growing up wasn't nice. It 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 wasn't fucking nice. And I want to say living in Mississauga was probably the worst for... I, I don't even want to say physical abuse because, like, it it did, it did get worse. But, like, I, I don't know. Something about the rage when we were living in Mississauga just, like, 
it, it got him go. He was always constantly mad. He was always punching holes into the fucking wall, throwing around the VCR like it was a fucking frisbee, like you know shit like that. We had our neighbors call cops on us multiple times because of like the ruckus and all of the, the the screaming and the crashing of shit. You know, it wasn't it wasn't hunky dory, but any time that I tried to have a friend over, it was like, you know, I'm. I, I don't I don't want them to see, you know, whatever life I'm living. So I got to put on this whole facade. And and any time that I wanted to have, you know, hang out with a friend, they always had to come over to my house, which I like didn't really like. You know, I didn't like that thought of that because of case anything were to happen. And so, like, I didn't really invite anyone over to my house, like almost ever. If anything, I think I invited one person over to my house for like a sleepover when I lived in Mississauga and like the entire time I was kind of scared and just like slept beside her the entire time just to make sure nothing happened um but that that was Mississauga it was fucking hell and we lived there like I said for 10 years and eventually it was time to move out of the apartment into a house and the house that we moved into again was in Oshawa and it was a big ass fucking house like it was way too expensive i don't even know why the fuck you know my stepdad wanted to buy it but i i don't know just i i don't know maybe it might have been an ego thing i don't fucking know but i moved into oshawa and i don't know everything kind of sped up tenfold i i guess i started to get older because this was during um the fifth grade i moved there during the fifth grade so you know things were starting to develop and i was starting to surround myself by people that were you know very aware about you know sexual things or I don't know just get hitting puberty you know and uh I just I just tr- I try to make it a new start for me um as much as I could try to make this facade and paint my my family in a way where they're like a you know a good a good family you know my my dad's a hard ass but you know everything's good everything's great everything's dandy but at the end of the day I just know that every single time that I came home from school it'd just be hell so <clears throat> When living in Oshawa, I would say that the f- the physical abuse probably did progress a lot more in towards the children. It was more towards my mom back in Mississauga, but in Oshawa, it kind of came a lot more towards us. Um, like, he would literally pummel us to the fucking ground until we were black and blue. Um, I got beat one time with my sister's recorder for what? I could not even tell you. I don't think that I put the dishes in the dishwasher. Like, they were they were minuscule things that we would get our ass handed to us for. And I remember one time, I was just so fucking tired of just getting my ass beat, like, every single fucking day. And I was telling, like, the... I was in the sixth grade, I think. So I was telling the seventh and eighth graders, you know, at the back of the bus, because that's where they said the back of the bus hierarchy. And I was just confining in them because, like, I don't know, I was just sad and over it and tired. And I could, like, tell it because I'm always a hunky-dory person. Always a hunky-dory person. But I remember that day I was just kind of like, I didn't want to go home. Like, I didn't want to go home. And I expressed that to the girl on the bus. And God bless her. God bless her because she did get in contact with the school the very next day and CPS and everything got involved. And like at the time I was mad at her, but I was only mad at her in the sense where I now have to go through all of this bullshit and my stepdad's going to know it's me and he's going to beat the living absolute shit out of me. So, I mean, it was mad at her in that sense that I was going to get my ass handed to me, but, you know, kind of happy in a way that maybe this might slow the roll a little bit. I don't fucking know. 
but they were called and I remember my sister, my brother and I were all called down to the office and just like, they were very confused because they, they had no idea what was going on. Like they knew what CPS was, but they knew that if they were to tell the truth, then it would be a lot worse for us when we went home. So, you know, fandangled whatever stories that we did. Um, we were scared to fucking go home for that day. And I remember when we got off the bus and we were all walking home. We took our time walking home. I remember turning the corner onto our street and our house was the second house in from the street, beginning of the street. And so we can see the driveway once we turn onto the stream. You can see there was no cars in the driveway. So we're like, okay, they're not home. Like, this can mean one of two things. We got home and they probably got home like maybe 20, maybe 30 minutes max later. And they were fucking pissed. My stepdad was fucking pissed. He's like, who the fuck called CPS? And why the fuck was I just picked up from work in fucking police car in handcuffs? And I'm thinking, damn, they did the whole, they did the whole thing. That kind of brought a smile to my face, like, goddamn, yeah. But now I'm going to get my ass fucking beat. Great, cool, 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 cool. I, I can't even remember how that played out. I think I got my phone taken away. I think I didn't go to school for maybe like a day or two. Um, yeah, yeah. It, they just kind of like, me not going to school was just like, it, I don't know, some type of punishment me you know they'd be like yeah well you're not going to school today and I guess they knew that school is kind of an escape for me or rather he knew that school was kind of an escape for me so it was really hell when you'd be like you're staying home from school so fast forward you know getting older now or getting hitting hitting the high school years I mean it's been pretty much the same all throughout I'm still getting abused both both physically and and sexually unfortunately um, you know, he would come into my room at nights when I started to get older, you know, seven, grade seven, grade eight, getting into grade nine. He would just come into my room and, you know, think that I was sleeping, but I obviously wasn't. And it just was, he would do things that I obviously really don't want to talk about on a mic, but they were just not things that you should be doing to family. Let's just put it like that. Um, and every day, every morning we wake up just fucking why is this my life? <laughs> like, why is this my life? And I, um, I just remember just, you know, trying my best at school, like, you know, trying to make friends and trying to, I, I don't know, like, just get away from home, joining every single after school curricular activity, you know, just, just trying my fucking best to not fucking go home. It was, it was fucking hell for me, man. Like, it, it just was not, I hated my life. I generally did. I, I contemplated suicide so many fucking times because I hated my fucking life. Like I hated, I hated that the other kids would have their parents buy them fucking like Viva or Justice, you know, when like when the shit was in or the silly band, something as simple as fucking silly band. And then I was getting the shit at home. Like it was just not, it wasn't fair. It wasn't fucking fair like at all. And, um, like I said, as I got older and as things start to turn in my head a little bit more and as brain cells start to develop and an IQ go up a little bit more, I just realizing how much hatred that I have for this fucking guy and nothing, nothing that I can do because this is my fucking life. And my mom being in a situation where she can't really leave because like banking on his money and, and all of that bullshit and she doesn't really have you know the best quote-unquote education so she doesn't have an entire field of jobs a plethora of jobs that she can fucking choose from you know so it's it was hard it's just my life that I had to deal with for a while 
until it was about the ninth grade. And I was going to Maxwell Heights actually in Oshawa during this time. And like I said, things were just kind of getting worse for me. Like I said, I was getting older, I was getting more developed, you know, starting to dress up, I guess, not like a child, but not, not like I, I say that as if like, I'm not wearing bedazzled shirts anymore. I'm just wearing a regular t-shirt, you know, like with jeans. Like it's nothing, nothing too fucking crazy. Nothing too provocative, right? Because um, I know you bitches love to do that. <laughs> but I remember being in the ninth grade and just thinking like, it's a time that I'm about to start getting older and make these memories and do all these things. And, you know, what, what am I going to, how is my life going to look like from here? And, um, it would still happen. Like now, like still being in high school, I was still getting fit, sexually assaulted. Um, and just have to like post up to school the next day as if like nothing happened. Um, I had boyfriends that didn't really tell the first boyfriend that I did tell. <laughs> Holy fuck. Um, it was, it was not good. Um, put in pictures for you. What happened? Like, put it plainly for you. Um, I, one night, um, he had came into my room and I was still pretty much awake and, um, he fully came in and he had to pull down my pants and he tried to, you know, and I literally like freaked the fuck out and I like ran away. I ran away to the washroom and like tried to take a shower to like wash myself and like I was like sobbing and um i remember him coming into the washroom like are you okay are you okay like are you okay like you know what what i did wasn't wrong you know like and then he starts talking about molestation he's like do you know what molestation is yeah like that's not what i was doing and i'm like okay so this is giving me enough to know that what's happening is not right (laughs) like not right at all and it it took me like maybe two days of like bottling that up before i absolutely broke and I told my best friend at the time and I told her and she was like, bro, this is like, this is serious. Like, are like you're not fucking with me. I'm like, nah, dog, like this is for reals. This is, this is, this is what I'm going through. And God bless her. God bless her. Cause I've, I should have never put anybody in that situation. Cause it is such a fucking tough situation to be told all the legal shit that's happening to you and then follow up with, but you can't say anything you can't say anything. I, I, I would never want to be put in that situation. And I hate that I've ever put people in that situation before, but I was 14 years old. What the fuck do I know? My passive all I know is that if I fucking tattletale, I'm going to get my ass beat or fucking worse shifts off to fucking Guadalajara. Like I don't fucking know. And I remember telling her and, you know, she really felt for me. She would, you know, come over to my house, make sure that she was there with me and stuff. Despite her always being there, she just was just making sure. And this was kind of leading up towards the end of the year. And the end of grade nine, I was supposed to move to Bowmanville. So, like, a lot of things were kind of coming up out of the water when I was supposed to move. And um, it was also following up to um, Father's Day. Like, two weeks, it was going to be Father's Day. So before father's day i told my boyfriend at the time too and he was like absolutely disgusted you know i mean rightfully so but at the same time with the same tone after me telling him what happened to me he 
he does the same. And what I mean by that, we were fully getting it on, getting freaky and all that good stuff. But then he like pinned my head down in like a really aggressive way where like I almost couldn't breathe. And so like I started to freak out and like flail a little bit. And then like he kind of pressed my heart, my head a little bit harder and like I really couldn't breathe. And then he finished. And then like I kind of was like, what the, like, oh, what the fuck? And like was like sadly putting on my panties. And then he's like, sorry, I just had to finish. I was like, okay, I just feel like a piece of garbage. <laughs> I just feel like I'm getting used and abused all around. Like, this is not, is not cool. Um, but that happened, and he said he was mad, but then did that. So I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. I don't even know how he felt. But apparently he told his parents, and his parents fucking called, you know, or rather wanted to call CPS today. But I literally had to beg them to be like, please don't like I'm gonna figure it out like please don't and they would they wouldn't they didn't like it they didn't like that if I were to come over to their house and then when they would drive me home they'd be like I don't feel comfortable dropping you off at a place that I know that you're you're getting abused at and I'm like I I don't know what to tell you <laughs> but I'll figure it out like just 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 please don't say anything and two weeks now it's fucking father's day and um my mom is telling me to sign this fucking card and I just can't for the life of me sign this fucking card, especially with everything that's gone, gone through. I've gone through. I just can't sign this fucking card and be like, happy father's day. Love you. Love you. I was, I was smiling. I was absolutely smiling. My friend, my best friend at the time, she was over at the house with me too. And I was telling her, I'm like, bro, I don't want to sign this card. And she's like, don't sign the fucking card. I'm like, what are you, don't sign the fucking card. Absolutely not. You have absolutely every right to not want to sign that card. And, um, so I didn't sign the card. And it got my sister pissed because she knew that she was going to get in shit from my mom for not getting me to sign the card. So the minute that my mom comes home, my sister goes fucking running to her. And she's like, Shanty won't sign the card. So my mom pulls me aside and she starts, you know, screaming at me. She's like, why won't, why won't you sign the card? Why are you being so fucking difficult? Like, blah, blah, blah. And then I just kind of like looked at her blankly for like a good maybe 10 seconds. And then I just broke. And I told her, I was like, well... He raped me, so I don't really feel comfortable signing the card. And she was like, what? Yeah. From that point on, my life changed for a good four years. Yeah. She loved her, loved my mother, but she was also in a very toxic relationship, being manipulated very, 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 very hardly from that man. Um, believe that he can do no wrong while also knowing that he can do everything wrong if that makes any fucking sense um and i remember telling her and she didn't believe me um she said that i was lying you know she said that i was making it up and i was like i why would i make it up why would i make this up this is a pretty crazy thing to make up and um we were talking because she had pulled me aside in the washroom and i remember she left the washroom and she like flew to the living room where my friend was sitting and she was like do you know? And my friend was like, yeah. My mom asked her to leave. She's like, we have family business to take care of. I'm going to need you to leave. And that was one of the last times that I saw my best friend. Yeah. Um, it really fucking broke me because um, when she left, you know, I had my phone taken away from me because I wasn't, I wasn't to be trusted with a communications device because God knows who else I'm fucking telling. Um, and 
yeah, it was my phone was taken away from me. I didn't have it for the rest of the time that I lived in Oshawa until we moved to Bowmanville. And even when I moved to Bowmanville, I still didn't have my phone. Um, I had my boyfriend at the time, sister's iPod that I was using to to communicate here and there very, very ever so sneakily. And um, it was leading up to when I had to leave for um, Oshawa, rather for Bowmanville. And I saw my my best friend and my boyfriend for like 30 minutes before I had to go. And like that was pretty much it. Like my it, that was it. It felt like I had gone through like a portal and entered a new timeline. And like that was that was it when I moved to Bowmanville. It was like the whole there was so much tension in the family. It was so much fucking tension. And I just had to do whatever I could to, I guess, mend the tension, if you will, because I have always been, quote unquote, the problem child that's always says something when something's wrong or creates trauma or problems or whatever the fuck. I don't fucking know. Somehow it's my fault. Um, but we moved to Oshawa. I rather keep saying Oshawa. But we moved to Bowmanville. And mind you, with all of this happening, we had a fucking family trip scheduled and planned to go to Mexico for a week, a week after we moved to Bowmanville. So you can imagine that with all of that shit up in the air, me not still having, you know, contact, good contact with my with my boyfriend and my best friend because I can only really message them on the iPod when I'm going to bed like sneaking in my room and then throwing it under my pillow in case somebody fucking comes into my room you know um so it's like I just felt like I was never gonna come back honestly I kind of got a little bit scared going around this Mexico trip I'm like what if I die what if I what if I die um it was worse actually well I guess not worse because I'm still alive but we get to Mexico and I think it's like the third or fourth day in and something was said I, I don't know. Something was said to set off my mom and get her mad again about everything, you know, about the whole situation with my stepdad and me and da 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 da. And I, 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 I generally, I don't know what was said to set her off, but I do know she was also roofied that day. Um, that's a fuck story for a different time. But anyways, so she wasn't like mentally there. Like she was kind of like slurring her words and like in and out of stuff. And then we went to dinner and then that's when something was said. Something was said at dinner, probably on my mom's behalf because she was kind of like fucked up and he just like left. Like he had started becoming like a yelling match. People were looking at us in the resort restaurant, like kind of like staring at our table. And then he just left and we sat there for like another 10 minutes. Just my mom, myself and my siblings just kind of being like, what do we do now? We're literally in a different country. Like, What do we do? And so we make our way back for the hotel room and we just like kind of like go to bed for the night. My siblings go to bed like fast asleep and I'm like sleeping in my bed while I hear my mom crying in the room being like, you know, God, why me? Why do I have to deal with this bullshit? Like why you gave me two perfect kids? And I was like, bitch, you got three kids. What do you mean God gave you two perfect kids, you motherfucker? So that, that, that broke me. I obviously did not have a good relationship with my family at fucking all, like at all. After that night, the very next morning, you know, we tried to go on with our vacation as if nothing had happened. My stepdad had fucked off to God knows where. We think he had left the resort at that point. It was around maybe closer to like early dinner time where we see him. He's like walking in the front foyer. 
He's got a cigarette in his fucking mouth, which he doesn't smoke. He always gave my mom a hard time for smoking. And his head's fucking shaved. And we're thinking, <laughs> we all start laughing. We're like, what the, f- what the fuck? What the fuck? And that's when we knew that that man absolutely was gone. Like mentality, it, it was a silly season for him. Like there was, there was, there was nothing going on up there. Um, so we just kind of like accepted it, I guess, as you will, for the rest of the trip. And, um, went home and he just kind of like, I don't know, he like kept to himself, didn't really talk with the family as much. It was fucking weird. And that's just kind of what it was for, I moved to Bowmanville in the 10th grade until the 12th grade. So about two years, it was like weird Lou of like him keeping himself stowed away and then making the random appearance in the living room for like an hour and then talking to everybody as if everything was fine and everyone would talk to him as if everything was fine and then he would just like fuck off again and hide in the garage it was weird it was weird and we did that like i said for two years and anybody that i had like come over to my house i obviously didn't tell them anything that happened i didn't want them to know anything that happened but they would never pick up on any of that bullshit let's just say so fast forward to grade 12. Well, before I fast forward to grade 12, in that two years of Lou, it, I, I was fighting so hard for attention from anybody because I wasn't getting it at home. You know, I didn't have a fatherly figure that cared for me in a sense that should be caring for me. And my mom was still, I guess, sort of mad at me for, I don't know, crumbling her idea of what a family should be. I don't fucking know. Um, like I remember sometimes I'd go and like cuddle in with her on the couch and like put my head on the shoulder and like she would like move and like it would break me it would really break me especially being like a 16 17 year old girl it's like all you want is your mom you know so that I didn't have a good good home life so if you knew me in high school yeah that um that played a big big role as to why I attention seek so hard in high school um I just wanted somebody to love me, you know, as sad as that is, I just wanted somebody to actually care for me. So fast forward to grade 12 now, um, if you knew me in the 12th grade, you knew all the bullshit that I was going through with that stupid fucking love triangle bullshit. <sighs> While I was going through that bullshit at school, I was going through the bullshit at fucking home. And I remember this one day because it was after one of my... Um, basketball games and there was a football game that was also happening the same day and I was walking home after my basketball game because I had only lived down the street from my high school at the time it was like maybe less than 10 minute walk and I was walking up the street making way for home and I see my mom's car come zooming absolutely zooming down the fucking the fucking you know street and I'm thinking what's going on what is happening? She's like, get in the car. And I'm like, oh my God. Oh my God. My mom has barely even spoken to me. Now she's telling me to get in the car. What's going on? So I get in the car and she's like, tell me the truth, Shanti. Did what happened to you a couple years ago, did it happen to you? Because when I had told my mom way back when, back in the ninth grade, I had my stepdad manipulate me into saying that I was lying and that he was going to try and fix it. But all I had to do is say that I was lying for the sake of my mom because it wasn't fair to my mom for her to go through that. (laughs) 
Okay. What about me? So I um I remember I would, you know, I, I told them no that I wouldn't, but I I think I told my mom maybe once when she had asked after the fact, like maybe when I was in the tenth grade. She's like, Did it happen? I was like, No, I'm just a stinky little liar that lies for attention and like she was like looking at me like, What? Like why like you went with this whole story for so long and now suddenly it's like no you didn't like I, I knew that she knew that I was lying about that so fast forward again back to grade 12 when she had me in that car she's like I need you to be serious with me did it happen yes or no and like I kind of like was quiet fiddling with my thumbs I was like okay like no and she's like shanty like I can see you're lying did it happen yes or no and I just fucking broke into tears I was like yeah yeah it did happen and she just like absolutely broke it was like that that veil that was over her for the last couple of years was finally pushed back and she could see clearly and hear me clearly for what I was saying and she like broke down crying she's like I'm I'm so sorry and I'm like well we live and we learn right as long as we can get them out of the fucking house now that'd be great um so we had a conversation about all of that and me you know just breaking down and her breaking down and during all of this I asked her I was like mom about two years ago rather about a year ago I got a message on on Facebook and at first I thought it was a snail mail message because of how it was written but I got a message on Facebook um, from a guy saying that he's my father and that he would like to to meet with me what what's that about i asked asked you know stepdad about it and he said you know it's one of your mother's stupid friends from from school block him and delete your facebook right away so i obviously didn't delete my facebook right away because i knew there was something behind that story so i want to ask you now a year later because he told me to never come to you about it then she started fucking breaking down and crying she's just like yeah yeah so he's your bio dad like the guy that messaged me on facebook she's like he's your bio dad and i'm like why like why me like why why can't i just have a normal life then she went to depth and was like yeah that that was your babysitter that you remember from when you were younger and i was like what what that was my dad like what she's like yeah he's not technically supposed to get in contact with you because he has a restraining order against you i was like what what is happening why um so then i found that out and i was just it's like my uh, everything that i knew i was i was living a fucking lie all that all that turmoil i was putting myself through you know thinking what my stepdad did to me was actually my bio dad and thinking how can a bio dad do something like to a daughter like that but even at the same with the same tone even if you are the stepdad or bio dad whatever the fuck you may be you were you were the fatherly figure and i believed for you to be my dad and that's the shit that you were doing and it's just fucking i it's i hate him i absolutely hate him I absolutely hate him. I hate the fact that, you know, my life was just kind of like shadowed from me for whatever fucking reason. I don't, I, I hate it. And I hate that now I have this bio dad that's been sprung on me 18 years later and I'm just supposed to have a relationship with him. Like, like he's like, you know, like he's been there for me all this time and I, I can't, it's very hard for me. It's very hard for me to, to, 
to have a consistent conversation with him and be like, I love you, dad. When I was calling somebody else dad for so many fucking years, like I know dad is just a word, but you know, it's also a feeling as well. So like, how am I, how am I supposed to continue? How am I supposed to continue? Like knowing what I know and having, you know, communications with my bio dad now, like it was his birthday yesterday. And like, I had absolutely no fucking idea until I had my, my step siblings, my half siblings fucking message me being like, it's his birthday today, you know, say happy birthday. And it's, I feel awful because it's like, he's going, he's trying so hard to have a relationship with me and I'm not doing anything at all because I don't, I just, I don't feel like he is my dad, despite everything that is being told to me, despite everything that he's done. I just, don't I just don't feel that connection whatsoever like to me when somebody asks if I have a dad it's like I don't really know (laughs) you know so it's just it's fucking tough it's fucking tough I and I didn't really want to talk about this story like at all and I haven't even gone into like the nitty-gritties about a lot of things I just kind of gave the basis the foundation of the story for people because I don't really think anyone deserves to go through you know uh, the details that I went through so it's just fucking tough man and in terms of my my stepdad he's no longer like in the picture um once we moved to Bowmanville and we had lived there until the 12th grade and after everything I came out my mom like shunned him and like shunned him to stay in the garage until she could afford to move out on her own um and take us with her and that's exactly what she did. It probably took like a year and a half after that of of like after grade 12 that we moved out because it was it was time that she could. And um, yeah, we moved out uh, in a little like townhouse duplex. But he would still come over from time to time. Why? I don't fucking know. But it would send me every time that I would see his face at the ripe age of 19 why am I still seeing your face? And so I wanted, I, I, that's why I kind of wanted to move away to, to school. Cause I didn't want to have that off chance of him coming into the house. And this was during COVID as well. So I definitely didn't want him to fucking stay. I wanted out of that house. I wanted to move on. It just felt like I was stuck to that. Like I, 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 I still felt stuck to all of that bullshit. He was still in my life up until I was 19. 19 years old until I moved away out of that house until I got out of that house that I was with my mom to move away to Peter he was still in my life and that fucked with my mentality bad really really fucking badly because it's like yeah fuck you fuck you go away go away go away but you can still like come over from time to time if you're hungry what do you mean what do you mean so I had to move out of that house I just couldn't I couldn't do it anymore lived in Peterborough did my due diligence in Peterborough, lived my life in Peterborough, did what I wanted to do in Peterborough. And when it was time for me to come back, it just didn't feel right. I just didn't want to come back. Like I did want to come back, but I was also scared that I was going to go back to who my life was before. But thankfully, everything happens for a reason. It does. Because it was the same night where I moved back home from Peterborough that Owen and I went to hang out and I never went home. It was that literally the exact same night where I was moving home from Peterborough. I went over to his house, you know, did some things and never left. 
and I've been living with him since, and I thank him every single fucking day for getting me out of that fucking house. My mom is a lot better, and he's pretty much half past dead right now. At least that's what she's telling me. She keeps telling me that, you know, he tries to reach out to them. She doesn't message, but she try, he tries to reach out to them being like, I miss you. I love you guys. Da, 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 da. I'm all the way back in Iran right now. And all these stray dogs that keep following me. I keep thinking they're guardian angels and you guys keep sending them to me. And I love you guys. And da, 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 da. that's 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 dead ass. A fucking message that he sent me that he sent me when I was 20 years old, that he sent me. It was a picture of a dog and that long blurb. And I responded back with, you're fucking insane. The fact that you can text me and have absolutely no remorse for what you did is actually insane. You have fucked up this family royally. Because I found out when living away in Peterborough that it wasn't just me, unfortunately. It wasn't just me. So... It really, 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 really got my anger going. And it really shifted the tone towards him where I wasn't scared or scared of him anymore. I, it was more like, I could kill you. I could absolutely kill you if I were to come face to face with you right now. I, you know, words, because I don't want to keep fucking saying some shit over the mic, but words, mm-hmm. words are to be said. Nope. None of my family will give me his updated number now. He, I will see him. He's not dead yet. How I know that is because I, on Facebook, you know how it pops up as people you may know. He's popped up like two times in the last month. So he's still fucking alive, which really fucking bothers me. And I I had to block his his Facebook because I really wanted to message him and be like, you piece of shit, this and the third. But it's like, he's not going to, he's delusional. He is the definition of Delulu. He will read them and be like, she still cares about me. She still wants to talk to me. So I blocked him because if I see his name pop up one more fucking time. <laughs> I don't even, I, I don't, I don't even fucking know. I don't even fucking know. But that, <laughs> that, ladies and gentlemen, is the, um, that's the story of um, my bio dad and my stepdad and how they came to be. It's fucked up. And I, it's taking me such a long fucking time to talk about the story. And like I said, it's not even, it's not even the full story. It's not, it's like the, the main details that you need to get an understanding of what's happened to me and what I have gone through, but, um, it's fucked up and you never know what's happening behind closed doors. You never do. So make sure you're checking in on your friends. The ones that, you know, may seem a little extra goofy, check up on them. The ones that are a little bit quiet, check up, check up on all your friends all of them you absolutely have no idea what's going on going on behind closed doors you know nobody knew nobody that i went to school with knew only for the select few people that i told and i was literally a select few people that i told i can tell i can count it on my hand my one hand that uh, all the people that i told this story to so it's um it's tough it's a tough story um i but i want you guys to hear it and i want you guys to know my story and how I came to be. And like I said, not every story is going to be funny. Unfortunately, there are some periods of life that are darker than others. But I wanted to share. So in case there is anybody that is going through something similar or had went through something similar or know somebody who went through something similar, you're not alone. So I just wanted to put this episode out there for everybody and just whatever you do, just talk to somebody. 
I because I don't know where I would be right now if I didn't have you know those select few people in my life you know my best friend from the ninth grade if I didn't have her I I I probably wouldn't be here with this podcast and I'm being completely honest I had attempted multiple times I do have scars on my wrist so like it it was tough for me I get it for anyone else going through the same thing I get it I do and it's not as easy to talk about it's not so if you or somebody that you know is going through something like this please reach out because um you never know what will be the cherry on top and what will be the breaking point for them so thank you all for listening to this episode for today again it was a lot different than what we're normally used to but i wanted you guys to know my story so thank you for listening and until next time you're gonna want to hear it have a good one